The quarantine has hurt many of America's industries, from restaurants to schools to fitness centers. We all have felt the effects of the invisible enemy. But one industry that has thrived during the pandemic is the video game industry. According to the Washington Post, Microsoft saw a 130% increase in multiplayer subscribers across March and April alone. The reasons why the industry is doing so well are evident. With so much time and nothing else to do, some of us can't help ourselves but pay to play online. But how did the video game industry originate? And when did the computers start replacing actual players? Well, it all started nearly 300 years ago, when a man built the first semi-intelligent machine. In 1770, a young, aspiring entrepreneur named Wolfgang von Kempelin created what seemed like the impossible, the first chess-playing machine. Kempelin gained fame from all around the world, and people were bewildered by this fascinating machinery. Statesmen like Benjamin Franklin were frustrated from losing against the machine practically all the time. In fact, if you played a chess against this machine today, you would probably lose. That is, if Kempelin's friend hiding inside the machine was still alive. Alright, assuming that there's no one hiding in the Alexa, or the smart fridge, or your TV, or your computer, why does it seem like these computers have a mind of their own? The answer dates way back to the days of our fraudulent friend Von Kempelin. Although Von Kempelin's machine was deemed a fake, his idea sparked a race to build the first genuine chess-playing machine. In the age of the Enlightenment, inventors were looking to create a chess-playing environment with the logic of machines. Machines, however, were not enough for these inventors. More sophisticated technology needed to be developed. Cue the 20th century, the age of the computers and now you have unlimited potential for this ongoing goal. The inventor of inventors, Alan Turing, created the first chess program in the 1950s. The algorithm could only go over the most basic rules of chess, with only the capability to think ahead two moves. Turing himself was not a strong chess player, but over a series of iterations, the computer was able to compete with humans on a regular basis. The next major breakthrough in chess occurred in 1997, when the computer program Deep Blue beat chess champion Garry Kasparov, the computer became the reigning champ for chess. So how did this happen? How did a machine become a mastermind chess player? Think about how Magnus Carlsen or Garry Kasparov plays chess. They are thinking ahead perhaps one, two, or even three moves. They consider all the possible moves and see which one will work best in that time period. They also have to consider the opponent's position and how many pieces they have. After all this calculation, they make their move and repeat the process. Well, computer programs aren't much different. Computer chess evaluates all the possible moves in a certain amount of turns. 
In a perfect world, the computer could evaluate all the possible moves, all the way up to the end. But computers aren't powerful enough to do this in a reasonable amount of time. So the computer only evaluates all the possible moves in a certain time frame, say five turns. Using advanced algorithms, the computer predicts every single possible move and counter move and then chooses the path that will lead to its success. The computer essentially predicts the entire game, alternating between the most beneficial move for the computer and the most beneficial counter move for the opponent. Keep in mind that this is always changing if the computer can only see five moves into the future. This process is known as AviMax. Then, the computer chooses the move that it could make to maximize its chances of success. Yes, the brain isn't nearly as powerful as a computer. It may be a while when we see someone dethrone an advanced computer program. But researchers are now looking for ways to make the computer more like the human brain. And perhaps this will make chess computers even more powerful. Let's take a look from a paper from Aslan Iqbal a computer science journalist. In his thesis, Iqbal states that in sparse situations where there are over a million possibilities, brute force may not be the efficient option. Iqbal proposed narrowing the range of vision on the computer, perhaps only allowing it to see 20 or 30 possibilities at a human would. Then the computer would have to imagine the next couple of moves because it wouldn't have an algorithm to play it through. Think about it like this. When you go to order from your favorite fast food place, you always order the big juicy sausage because you distinctly remember the flavor from the previous times you ate it. Now imagine someone hacked into your memories and wiped your brain of all the memories of eating at this fast food place. You panic because you don't know what to order, but you can use other senses to imagine what the best order would be. You've had some of the items at previous restaurants, so you take that into consideration. Maybe the fries smell extra oily and you want to stay away from them because you're on a diet. Regardless, because you don't have insider information, you would have to use what you have to imagine the best possible order. Now, if a computer could have the power to imagine the most powerful chess move, then brute force calculations would turn obsolete. Instead of using advanced processors, the chess program could be played right on your phone. But would you be surprised to know that this idea has actually already been implemented in another game? Guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. You may need to call someone who is familiar with this line of duty. Games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, and even Super Mario implement an algorithm known as FSM, or Finite State Machine. FSM outlines how the bots in your game react to the player's moves. For example, if the bot has enough health, it will play more aggressive compared to when it has less health. The problem with FSM, though, is that it is too predictable. QMSST, Monte Carlo's search tree. This algorithm essentially uses random trials to solve a problem. Instead of focusing on just one outcome, it can analyze and pursue the most advantageous one. Video games, in fact, are very good for solving AI problems related to machine learning. In video games, 
there is often a goal to be accomplished. If this goal cannot be accomplished, then a negative feedback loop can be implemented as the computer tries a different outcome. According to Roman Luzgin, video games are a good platform to test programs on because many games represent open-world environments that implement physical forces found on Earth, such as gravity or inertia. America has spent $36 billion in video games. To put that into perspective, America spends $60 billion on education. Yes, America cares more about The Last of Us than it does on the fundamental theorem of calculus.